the young warrior crouched behind the large rock, reflexively reloading his crossbow while the small wooden figurine glowed in his pack. He could feel the approaching heat of the wounded young red dragon nearby as it stalked him, believing its prey to be completely alone. But he was never alone. He reached into his pack and held onto the figurine, calling upon the spirit within. As he leapt out from behind his cover, he fired a glowing bolt from his crossbow as the figurine began to pulse, and in a flash of green light, a portal appeared behind the dragon, and an enormous glowing owlbear toppled out of it onto the vicious drake. He telepathically commanded his owlbear to unleash an onslaught of beak and claw attacks, while he pulled back his moss green hood and began muttering a druidic spell under his breath. Grasping vines grew from the volcanic rock beneath the now-prone dragon as it became overwhelmed by the attack, aggressively blasting jets of flame at the owlbear that loomed over it. As the battle drew to a close, the young man drew another wooden slab from his pack, an unmarked and unshaped block with the potential to be as detailed as the owlbear figure he held in his other hand. As he drew closer, his eyes began to glow as he connected to the spirit of the defeated dragon, making an appeal to the mighty beast. Moments passed, tense moments, until suddenly the glow faded and the man looked at the block in his hand, now a detailed wooden figure replica of the mighty drake. He smiled and welcomed the powerful ally to his growing menagerie of tamed monsters. Welcome to the RPGs podcast, where we talk about everything tabletop RPG related, mainly with a focus on Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, but we like a little bit of everything around here. We are back with another homebrew discussion, but this is an interesting one. This is an interesting one, because we are going to be discussing The Tamer, recently released on Drive-Thru RPG by none other than RPGs. So, very short, very brief overview of the class not going to go into great detail of the different features the different subclasses this is also going to be an overall discussion into the core mechanics and a bit of the design process and the thoughts behind creating such a class so let's go let's go for it (laughs) let's roll so the tamer how i came up with this was I always like to think, as I've said many times before, when creating homebrew, what fantasy are we trying to achieve here? And I've always been interested in the concept of a Pokemon trainer kind of a kind of a build in fifth edition. And I've watched lots of discussions about it, and people have said, like, go for Ranger and Druid and use summoning spells and and that kind of a thing. And I've always thought you can always reflavor things. That's true. But is there a possibility of achieving a fantasy better by going the homebrew route? And I believe there could be. Because I feel like Beastmaster Ranger, Drake Water Ranger, uh, Circle of the Shepherd Druid, and all these things, they're not fulfilling that fantasy enough of capturing and taming monsters throughout your adventure as you go. And that's something that I really wanted to achieve. So... I always like the idea of, like in Pokemon, your adventure, I mean, your party is often similar. If you look at Gen 4, 
uh, everyone has like a Luxray and a Star Raptor and an Infernape and things. But for the most part, as a general rule, how those games are designed, how those games are meant to be used is that everyone's party is in one way or another influenced by the encounters. Whether that means their parties are exactly the same is is a separate issue. But their attachment to those Pokemon comes from their adventure. If you play red and blue, maybe you were in Viridian Forest for a while and you managed to encounter Pikachu and you've got a Raichu at the Elite Four and no one else, like your friend doesn't. Your friend breezed through Viridian because they're like, no, not about this. And they encountered uh, Nidoran in uh, just before uh, Pewter City and they were like, cool, this is my... And that's the poison type that they went with and as opposed to like a Weedle that could have been picked up in Viridian. And that influences their journey and that influences their party that they ended up with. And I really wanted to capture that. So that's kind of what I tried to do. So beautiful, beautiful art in this uh, product by some wonderful artists. The cover art by an artist by the name of Ataru. I've worked with them many times. I'll definitely leave their socials in the show notes. But just incredible art. So we're really only going to be discussing the core features of taming and like having this monstrous spirit that you command in battle and then the level so level one feature the level five feature and then an overview of the subclasses is really kind of where we're going to be drawing this um, if you want to see a lot more into that the the document is currently on drive through rpg uh, by published by rpgs and it goes for five dollars check it out let me know what you think. Incorporated. There's been lots of playtesting. There's been lots of uh, design notes and design changes. And we're really happy at RPGs with, with what we came up with here. So initially, so just the first thing that's addressed in the class is this concept of a tamer ability. Before you choose, uh, before you get to the section of creating a tamer, before you have to choose the skill proficiencies and, and what equipment you're going to go with you choose intelligence charisma or wisdom as your tamer ability and the reason i decided that was because i didn't want to inherently tie an architect an architect an archetype to this the archetype the fantasy was going to be the mechanic of having of taming defeating taming and and fighting alongside monsters so i didn't want to restrict that by being being only intelligence or only wisdom because initially in the first draft, wisdom was the primary ability for this class. And it was all about connecting with the monster spirit and almost like in a druidic or, or uh, clerical kind of a way. So, but I definitely didn't want to restrict it because the more I thought about the other inspirations for this class, things like Yu-Gi-Oh, things like, as I said, Pokemon, things like Persona. In Persona, you collect Personas by convincing them to join you. And so I thought that's charisma based. So you could go charisma and have like deals with these monsters. And that's how you tame them with the monster spirits. Intelligence is very much like a, creating a Pokeball. You've designed a, an item that is able to interact with a monster spirit and tame it, which I think is just a neat way of not only allowing your tamer to be different to another person's tamer because you've taming different monsters. But the whole build can be a little bit different uh, from that perspective. So you choose your intelligence, wisdom, or charisma as your primary ability, as your tamer ability. And that also influences the spells that you have access to. Because the tamer is a half-caster. There's a half-caster that doesn't have extra attack unless you choose a certain subclass. So 
you learn spells as you go, very much like a ranger, and you don't have access to a prepared spell list, and your spells list that you have access to to learn spells for wisdom is druid. For charisma, it's the sorcerer spell list, and for intelligence, it's the wizard spell list. So further creativity and variety in your character build, which is really what I wanted to go for with this. So what's happening? What's this tamer business? So when we get to first level, you get two core features, monster spirit, well, technically three, monster spirit, spirit vessel, and spirit points. So the spirit vessel is this item that you have, this seemingly mundane item. It can have some value or some significance to it, but it's this item that you use to store the monster spirit once you've tamed it. Once you have a monster spirit tamed in your spirit vessel, you can use an action to summon it as long as your spirit vessel is on your person. So it adds an element of something like a spell book for a wizard. It requires one spirit point to summon a monster spirit. You have spirit points equal to half your level rounded down plus your proficiency bonus. So at first level, you have three spirit points and so on. So it costs one spirit point to summon your monster. And we'll get into why that choice of currency was made as we go. Then the core feature, the main thing we're looking at here is your monster spirit. So when you defeat a monster, provided it is within range of you, you can use your reaction to attempt to summon it. When doing so, you use your tamer ability and you have to oppose the corresponding ability of the monster being tamed. If you succeed, you manage to tame it. It is then a monster spirit. Your monster spirit has its own special stat block, the monster spirit stat block. It has its own armor class based off of that, its own hit points based off of that, and then its stats, its physical stats, strength, dex, and con are equal to the monster tamed, and then intelligence, wisdom, and charisma are either equal to the monster or equal to you. It then keeps its skill proficiencies, but it uses your proficiency bonus. So that's just a way of having it that your monster spirit gets stronger as you get stronger. It gets all of its uh, actions from uh, the monster spirit, from the, the monster stat block on the monster manual or wherever it is you're getting the stat block from. But it does not get multi-attack, spell casting, anything like that. Any abilities, anything else like keen senses, pack tactics, false appearance, things like that, those abilities it does not have access to yet so already you've got this creature that you've tamed initially you can only tame beasts and plants and as you get stronger you become a better tamer you're able to tame monstrosities and aberrations and eventually dragons and so on basically i really wanted to have the player get access to the monsters that this dungeon master has access to because being a dungeon master and my favorite my favorite thing about it is creating encounters and the monsters that I have access to and the fun that I can have with them. And I thought, how can I make this available to the player with it, by maintaining that balance? So that's where the spur points comes in. Any abilities that, or any actions, things like breath weapons and this and that, that require a recharge roll, those require a spirit point to use. And like I said, things like multi-attack and those other abilities... They need to be unlocked. So we'll get to that. The damage surrounding this is why the Spirit Points concept came in. 
So when you get to fifth level, you get monstrous attacks as the feature. You now have access to the multi-attack feature on your stat block if your creature already had that. Or if it didn't have the stat, the multi-attack, you can give it multi-attack and it can make two of its weapon attacks straightforward. That way, if it's a creature that already had multi-attack, that multi-attack is kind of built into the balance of having like a beak and a claw attack. So it's not as strong as two claw attacks or so on. That requires a whole spirit point to use. And that means when you... So this monster spirit, like... Things like the Beast Master, Ranger, um, Beast Companion, and, and so on. It shares initiative with you. It can be commanded with its bonus action. Otherwise, it doesn't take any actions. just takes the dodge action on its own. And it acts. So you have to use your bonus action to give it a, a, a command. So from fifth level, if you spend a spirit point, when you give it your action, you can unlock different abilities until the next turn. So you can unlock multi-attack for a turn. You can unlock pack tactics for a turn and so on one spirit point per feature that you unlock so that way you're not you're getting a watered down i don't want to say watered down you're getting a balanced version of the stat block because otherwise because the creatures that you can tame are the limited by the type of creature based off your tamer level so eventually you get monstrosities at higher levels and so on which you get at fourth level, you can get access to monstrosities and elementals and so on. And then much higher, you get dragons and things. So you're limited by the creature type and you're also creature limited by the challenge rating. You can only tame a monster up to the challenge rating of your tamer level, which is still very high. So we can't be actually giving a tamer at a certain level the ability to do tons of damage that an actual monster would do on a whole turn just using a bonus action. But... We couldn't just make the HP lower, which we did, the AC lower, which we did. We had to give a bit of a possibility for things like Nova damage. So that's why you got these spirit points. You regain spirit points in a short rest, and the spirit points can be used to summon monsters. And if a monster loses their HP, you can spend a spell slot and a spirit point to resummon it and so on. The rest of the spirit points are obviously going to be used throughout the class for various other abilities as you go. So it's not only going to be used for multi-attacks. So you're not going to... You could potentially, much like for a paladin, use a spell slots only for smiting. That's obviously going to be tons of damage in two rounds. You could do that and get tons of damage in like one or two rounds and go multi-attack, multi-attack and unlock all my abilities and go pack tactics and multi-attack and do as much damage as I can at the bonus action. But then you're going to run through your spirit points really fast. So that's... That's the core of this class. As you get higher and leveled, you get different abilities, you get access to different monsters, you get access to uh, the different abilities of the monsters. But that is this class at its core, is you're taming monsters when they reduce zero HP, you can store monsters in the spirit vessel, number of monsters equal to your proficiency bonus, and you can, you are a half caster. So the main priority is on using your monster, but you are no slouch in the, in the damage department either. Which is where we get to the subclasses. So there's four subclasses. There's Ritual of the Monster Mage, Ritual of the Monster Warrior, Ritual of the Monster Catcher, and Ritual of the Monster Splicer. You get these at third level. It's this idea of you've performed this ritual to unlock a specific element of being a tamer, whether that be unlock the martial prowess and share it between you and the monster, or unlock some of the magic within it to further your and the monster's spellcasting abilities, or unlock the magic of your your vessel, spirit vessel, so that you can command multiple monsters at a time, and so on. So 
brief overview, Ritual of the Monster Mage is more a focus on, you don't get more spell slots, you're still a half caster, but you get things like being able to cast through your monster spirit. You get things like being able to cast or, or access the spell casting feature on your monster spirit and so on. Ritual of the Monster Warrior is your martial character. You get extra attack. You get your fighting styles. You get different things to augment your fighting abilities and fight alongside your monster spirit, which is very much the fantasy I wanted to build in today. Ride your monster to battle and so on. Ritual of the Monster Catcher is very much more focused on having multiple monster spirits that you're commanding at a time, using your action and bonus action to command a couple having a slightly weaker version of one of your other monster spirits at first until eventually you're able to fully summon two monster spirits at a time for advanced damage. And then lastly, Ritual of the Monster Splicer, which is the most out there of the subclasses, is built upon grafting and augmenting the monster spirits you have with extra abilities, flying and, and armor and stuff like that, and also taking some of the monster features from other monster spirits and putting them onto a monster spirit, or even onto you or your allies, which is interesting. All of these is where spirit points comes into play, and it just gives you a lot more options. So currently, the tamer is on Drive-Thru RPG, as I've mentioned. The link will also be in the show notes. Be sure to check it out. Try it out. There's lots of editing that's been done, lots of playtesting, a lot of effort into a making a concept that is quite complicated in this monstrous spirit stat block and and how to unlock the different abilities and trying to make it as clear as possible by using examples and adding examples like example stat blocks and so on. And it just looks beautiful if I do say so myself. So that is it for this episode of the RPGs podcast. Be sure to check out our socials, RPGs pod on Instagram. Send through emails to rpgspod at gmail.com if you have any homebrew that you'd like to have be discussed or check out. Or if you just have any homebrew discussion points that you wanted to have a, an episode potentially about or related to. And with that, I'll see you guys on the